Good morning. Would you please stand for the call to worship? Brothers and sisters, the tomb is empty. The stone has been rolled away. The one you are looking for has overcome the darkness. For three days he lay in that cold and lonely cave. The one you are looking for has overcome death. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Please remain standing to sing the hymn 302 in the Blue United Methodist Hymnal. Got it? Okay. in this moment, we reflect on what it is that Christ has done for us on this day. May we know that the Spirit of God is at work in this place and in our hearts. I invite you, will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Mighty and merciful God, when everything was dark, when it seemed that the sun would never shine again, your love broke through. Your love was too strong, too wide, too deep for death to hold. The sparks cast by your love, they dance and they spread and they burst forth with resurrection light. Gracious God, we praise you today for the light of new life that has been made possible through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We praise you for the first witnesses of the resurrection. We praise you for the light of new life that continues to shine in our hearts today. We praise you for this Easter light of life, for the hope and joy and God, we pray that now you will help us to be bearers of that light, today and always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading is from John 20, verses 1 through 18. 
Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other cloths, but was folded up in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb, crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. Then the angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was him. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me, where have you put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni. Jesus said to her, Don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Then she told them what he said to her. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Our Lenten journey began 40 days ago on a dreary, cold, and dark day. We came that day to receive the sign of the cross on our foreheads in the dark soot of ash. We recalled the presence of sin in our lives and the dark reality of death that we all will face. And then this past Friday night, we heard Jesus' final words from the cross. It is finished. As he died, darkness overcame the earth. For this season of Lent, we have stood in the proverbial darkness. But for some, that darkness has been so much longer. So I know it is tempting this morning to jump ahead. I mean, it is Easter morning. The sun is shining. Let's get to the good part, right? But here in John's account is a rather obscure detail that we could easily overlook. I want you to listen again to that very first verse. It says, early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, 
Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. While it was still dark, while it was still dark, while they mourned, while Mary wept, all while it was dark, Jesus was already risen. So let me, let me say it plainly, Christ's resurrection, God's redemptive work of salvation through Jesus, all of it began while it was still dark. I read those words this week, while it was still dark. And suddenly I remembered all the other contrast we find in the Bible between light and dark. Scriptures lifting this dichotomy. In John 1, we hear the words, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not extinguish the light. In John 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Over and over again, what begins in darkness always turns to light. Barbara Brown Taylor, who's an Episcopal priest and a professor, she makes another connection. She notes that the creation of the world began in the dark, before God separated night and day. And then there's Jesus, she continues. Jesus was born in the darkness of night and rose from the dead in the darkness. She continues on, as many years as I've been listening to Easter sermons, I never heard anyone talk about that part. But whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it always starts in the dark. So maybe it has little to do with the actual time of day, but everything to do with our ability to see the divine, to see God's presence in the midst of our own darkness, in the midst of our world's darkness. Think about it this way for a moment. What happens when you are forced to sit in the darkness for a period of time? With patience, your eyes begin to adjust, don't they? But if we can't see clearly, there are other ways to find where we need to go. We rely on our other senses. We listen more closely. We feel our way through the darkness. Taylor points out, maybe those of us who have become overly dependent on the light Maybe we require a little dark in order to find God. Some of us might be sitting in that darkness right now, wondering where God is, wondering if God is present at all. Our own broken relationships, the brokenness that we see in our world, corruption, injustice, school shootings, wars all around. There's so much pain and fear and death and darkness all around us. 
And like Mary, we too come seeking Christ while the world is still dark. But today, today on this resurrection morning, we are reminded while it was still dark, they went to the tomb. While it was still dark, Mary saw the stone had been rolled away. While it was still dark, the tomb was empty. While it was still dark, Jesus had already risen. While they mourned and Mary wept, Jesus had already risen. While they wondered what had happened to their friend, their teacher, their savior, Jesus had already risen and everything changed. Friends, on this Easter morning, we all come with dark places in our lives. Places we worry that God has left us alone. Places where grief has knocked us down and left us weeping. Moments when, like the disciples, we catch a glimpse of the empty tomb and we turn around and go home because hope seems lost. But know this, while it was still dark, even while it is still dark, Christ has already risen. And when the others returned home, Mary stayed. She was heartbroken and weeping, but when she bent down to peer into the darkness of the tomb, she saw something. She heard something. She felt something. And then she heard her name from the lips of a familiar voice. And in that moment, as the sun rose over the horizon and light burst forth into the sky, she knew. She knew he was alive. He had risen just as he said he would. It wasn't what she was expecting, though. It's never what we're expecting. Grief becoming joy, fear becoming love, darkness becoming light, and death becoming life. Friends, Easter came while it was still dark. And that is still good news today because Easter still comes while it is dark. In the words of Father Richard Rohr, sometimes we must wait. Sometimes we must wait and work with hope inside of the darkness while never doubting the light and the truth that God always is. Because even in the midst of the world's darkness, Christ is still defeating death. Christ is doing the unexpected. Christ is calling us out from the darkness, calling our very names and reminding us that because he has defeated death, because he has redeemed us, because he has become the light that shines in the darkness, Darkness will not overcome us. We are Easter people. Christ has overcome death.
And because the tomb is empty, we are not alone in the darkness. Even now, Christ is at work in the world. Even now, he is speaking words of light and life into the dark places of our lives. So today, we will go forth with hope in our hearts because we have heard him say, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not extinguish the light. Brothers and sisters, may you know now and always, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us pray. As the light from that first Easter sunrise streams from its distant horizon into our own life and time, we feel its touch, its warmth, its glow. And we begin to see the world around us in a new light, in the light of your love, O God. So help us to walk in this light, in your light, from this day forward. May Christ, the morning star, who knows no setting, find his light ever burning in our hearts. In all our days, O God, may we live for Christ, our risen Savior. Amen. Before we share in the sacrament of Holy Communion, I want to invite you, you may remain seated, but may we prepare our hearts by singing together the words of hymn number 393, Spirit of the Living God. prepare to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. On today, this holiest of days, may we recall the life, the death, and most importantly, the resurrection of our Lord. A reminder that because he has defeated death, we have no fear of what lies ahead. Will you join us in the reading of our communion liturgy? this Easter morning. Brothers and sisters, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, all who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. 
Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away, and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. Now on the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, O God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. 
Oh God, on the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of bread and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And your church has continued in the breaking of bread and in the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Mighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to invite our communion stewards forward. We're going to be receiving communion at the two front corners this morning, so you're invited in just a moment after we serve our stewards to come forward as you feel led, but I want to remind you, as I do each time we share in the gift of Holy Communion, that this table is open to everyone. You do not have to be a member of this church or any church to receive the sacrifice, to receive the grace that God offers through communion but simply to come with an open heart, a willingness to receive the gift that God has offered to us through his risen son.
And now as the people of God who have seen the resurrected Christ, who have received the gift of grace that God has poured out on us, may we rise and sing together the words of our closing hymn, number 322, Up from the Grave He Arose. Please stand as you are able. and despair to hope and joy. We have been transformed by new life. So we go forth. We go forth to witness and testify to the message of hope that we have received today. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia and amen.